Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We are glad you are here. Happy New Year to everybody. Ah, yeah, I like to hear that. <laughs> we're glad that you're here today, and we welcome you. Uh, we and we're 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 glad that you're here, and I uh, hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way today as we worship the Lord together. We welcome our guests, especially this morning, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord. And um, if I can call your attention to just a few announcements, I would uh, I would appreciate that. First of all, let me remind you of our attendance sheets. That's the uh, on the clipboard on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out and pass it down the row so that we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. We would certainly appreciate that. Also, uh, please note in your worship folder that there are uh, some meetings today and other meetings this week. So uh, uh, we're trying to get the, the new church year started off right. And uh, so please take note of that. And if you're involved with some, one of those meetings, then um, um, please be in your place. And, and also today we are having our church council meeting. And and it, it it looks in our worship folder like it may be at four o'clock, but that's going to be at five o'clock, not at four o'clock. So uh, be here at five o'clock if you're a part of the church council. And by the way, to, uh, this week does begin the new church year. And so uh, the nominations that that we we did a couple of weeks ago are taking effect today. OK, so you may be a part of a new a new uh, committee or whatever. Uh, also, let me remind you, if you're a part of the church council or deacons, that we are having a um, retreat on Saturday. It's a planning retreat in which we will be uh, going over some of the information that we received uh, from our census that we did a couple of months ago. And uh, we'll be looking at that information and, uh, and making some plans for the future. Uh, one other thing you may notice, uh, we've been talking about this a little bit, you may notice that uh, in, in your church folder and your worship folder that we now have available to us online giving. Uh, we've been working on that and that is now available. Uh, and you, you, you may want to take advantage of that or you may not. You know, it's not for everybody, but it is for some people. But it's very convenient. You can set it up on a regular schedule if you would like to, uh, to do that. You can set it up to, uh, to do it uh, weekly or monthly or quarterly or to do a one-time gift, and that's fine as well. I, and I'm proud to say I was the first one to do this. I was the first one to take advantage of it, and it works, folks. It really does. So if you would like to, um, uh, to take advantage of that, all you have to do is go to www.communitybaptistchurch.org slash give. And that will send you to the link that you need to to go to to set that up. We are glad that you are here today. And it's so good to be with the with the people of God, worshiping God together. And it's good to have this fellowship with one another. So let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you. And let's greet each other in the name of the Lord this morning.
technology. Come on, come on. It's kids' time. It's the good time of church. Come on. I'm sorry, not for part of that. My apologies to the choir and the preacher. So. Oh, you all, you all look great. You all are great. Everybody must have had a real happy Christmas and a great New Year. Now then, everybody talks about the New Year and they use the word potential. Anybody know what potential means? What does it mean? You don't know what it means. Well, I never knew what it means meant either. When I was your age, you know, like I'd come in from school and my parents would, on the report card it would say, Herb doesn't work to his potential. <laughs> and so I knew that potential was a bad thing because I didn't work toward it. Or it might have been a good thing, but I didn't know. But I never... But occasionally, then I'd get a occasionally I'd get a report card. Herb is working to his potential, and then my parents would do something really nice because I was working to my potential, and so then I, I, it was a good thing. Well, I'm going to try and illustrate what potential is to us here. What do we got here? Anybody know what these are? Are they different? They're the same. They're the, absolutely the same, aren't they? Well, now let me see what we can do here. Now then, right now they're flat and they're really no fun. A, fat, a flat balloon is no fun. So you blow it up. This is going to be a challenge for me. When you blow these up, your eyes don't have to bug out, but mine do. That looks totally different now, doesn't it? And I pull, I blew into it and blew myself into it. And so now rather than a flat balloon, it's a filled up balloon that we can have fun with. It had the potential to be this. It could be this, but it was this when I first started. Now you can do a lot of things with this balloon. You know, you can tie it off and have fun with it. You can let it go and... All right. People are like that. Sometimes we're flat. Sometimes we blow ourselves all up and then we get let ourselves go and we all just go away and everything like that. But what you put in a balloon is very important. Because, I, right? If I blow another one up... Those of y'all who heard me wheezing, I smoked for a long time. So. And see now when I tie it off and I can toss it around, but with just me in it, it always falls to the floor, doesn't it? It always falls to the floor. doesn't stay. Well, I've got another balloon that's got something really special in it. It's got a lot of helium in it. And I filled that with helium, didn't I? And it was able to float and rise above us. 
We're like that as people. God created us. And God created us for a purpose. And our purpose is to serve God, to love God, and to carry out God's work in this world. Now, we can be like this balloon and let our lives be filled with God and His church and His Holy Spirit and Jesus. And we can soar above our troubles. We can soar above the world. And we can do great things for God. Or... Or we can fill our lives with ourselves and selfish things, and we fall. So I think let's, this year, let's all of us fill our lives with the potential of God so we can soar and rise above everything. Now, I don't have any candy, but what I do have, we got balloons and we got helium. And at the end of the service, everybody will get a helium balloon to remind themselves this year of what God can do when we let him fill our lives. Thanks. Okay, y'all can go back now. Thank you. Join me as we read our scripture passage for today. It comes from the Gospel of John. Verses 1 through 5, and then skipping over to verses 10 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And then in verse 10, he was in the world and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become Children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of human beings, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for you and me. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. We rejoice, O God, that you have revealed yourself in Christ Jesus, that he is God incarnate, creator, redeemer, sustainer, your word made flesh. Reveal yourself again to us today, O God. We thank you that Christ has brought light into this dark world that we may move from the shadows of despair, and into the bright spots of love and and hope. We thank you that through the power of your good word, we have become your children, children of your light. Now, O God, as we worship you today, give us eyes that we may clearly see your way and follow. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this worship time today. Help it be really that. For those who come only because they have to, we pray you can surprise them with your grace. For those who come expecting nothing, surprise them with the glorious revelation of your word and of your encouragement and motivation for our new life. We pray that as we come into this new year, we will be dedicated to your task, to your word, following how we live our lives, as well as how we tell other people about you. Pray you'd be with the offerings we have this morning, that they can go for your honor and for all your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome on this first Sunday of 2009. I hope that you had a wonderful uh, New Year's and Christmas celebration. Uh, Did you know that New Year's Day is the one holiday that is almost universal? It is the world's most observed holiday. Did you know that? 
as the uh, after I watched the clock tick down to midnight on Wednesday evening, the network that I was watching on TV showed that same countdown in Taiwan and Bangkok, in Australia, in Paris and London and in New York. People all over the world celebrated the arrival of a new year this past week. I trust that you have made your New Year's resolutions, one of which is to be in worship every week. Well done on this first Sunday of the new year. I won't ask if you've resolved to lose the weight that you gained between Thanksgiving and Christmas or if you're planning on joining a, a, a health club, or if you're going to run five miles a day, which, by the way, is the total aggregate of my lifetime of running. <laughs> Joke writer Ed McManus has some words of comfort for those of us who are setting our New Year's resolutions. He says, don't worry about keeping those 2009 New Year's resolutions. You only have to deal with them until February, and then you can give them up for Lent. (laughs) Now, that sounds like a man who knows a thing or two about how well New Year's resolutions are usually kept. But resolutions can be a good thing, especially if there are changes that we need to make in our lives. I heard about one poor guy who called his girlfriend on the telephone one day and got the following message. I'm not available right now, but thank you for caring enough to call. I'm making some changes in my life, so please leave a message after the beep. If I do not return your call, you're one of the changes. For the most part, it's a good thing to make changes in our lives. As we're often reminded by our critics, our spouses, and our children, none of us is perfect. In fact, some of us might have some deep regrets about the way we've lived our lives, and some changes would certainly be a good thing for us. Dr. Les Parrott tells about a guy in Fredericksburg, Virginia, who helps people get rid of their regrets on New Year's Eve. It seems that every year this man sets up a booth where those celebrating New Year's Eve can come by for a moment of sober reflection. And I put the emphasis on sober reflection. Those who come by will will write their regrets on a a piece of paper and then set a match to them and, and then turn them into ashes in a nearby canister. Literally, their regrets go up in smoke. At least that's the idea. I think that's a pretty neat idea, don't you? Maybe we should write our regrets on a piece of paper and bring them down to the altar and and watch them go up in smoke. That might be very therapeutic for some of us as we begin this new year together. But our scripture lesson from the Gospel of John puts the emphasis not on our past, but on our future. Not on our regrets, but on our possibilities. Let me read just a few selected verses from this magnificent passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. 
He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the power, the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision, but born of God. What a positive theme that is for the new year. The prologue to John is focused not on on what we have been or even what we are now. Rather, it focuses on what we can be. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't that what we really want as we begin this new year together? To know deep down in our hearts that we can be more than we are today. That we have the right to become a child of God. Isn't that what we really want? To know that we can live the next 365 days confidently aware that our life matters. To know that God is with us and that we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Isn't that what we all want as we begin this new year together? Well, if that's the case, my friends, then listen to this good news. To all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Folks, all of us have unrealized potential in our lives. That's the first thing that these words say to us today. All of us have unrealized potential. We are all children of the dust who have the potential to become children of God. When each of us came into this world, we brought with us an amazing amount of potential. Like Herb was talking about with the balloons a little while ago. We have so much potential. And we can be flat or we can fill ourselves with ourselves or we can fill ourselves with God. That's the kind of potential that we have brought into the world. You may have heard about the young man pedaling around the college campus on his bicycle. And he was wearing a T-shirt that said, I'm going to be a doctor. But there was also a sign on the back of the bicycle that proclaimed, I'm going to be a Mercedes. Now, that's a young man who understood his potential. And we all have that amazing potential to make our lives better. Tony Buzan, in his book titled The Power of Verbal Intelligence, gives us a a wonderful example of the potential that each of us has brought into this world. He tells us the stories of the origins of the Suzuki method that has helped millions of children learn how to play the violin and other instruments. It began with a Japanese music teacher and and performer and instrument maker named Shinichi Suzuki. And it seems that Suzuki had two moments in his life when he gained life changing insights. Suzuki's first revelation came when he was visiting a building 
that served as a, a giant incubator for thousands of Japanese songbirds known as larks. The breeders of these larks literally take thousands of eggs and incubate them in a giant, warm, silent hall that acts as a gigantic nest. And there's only one sound that these songbirds hear as they break through the shells when they hatch, and that is the sound of another lark, a very special adult lark that has been especially chosen because of its beautiful singing abilities. Suzuki noticed, to his amazement, that every little chick that hatched automatically began to copy the master singer. And even more remarkably, after a few days, he observed that each chick, having started out by purely copying the master's songs, they began to develop their own variations. The breeders wait until the chick musicians uh, have developed their own styles. And then they select from them the next master singer. And so the process continues. Astounding, thought Suzuki. If a bird's tiny brain can learn so perfectly, then surely the human brain, which is vastly with its vastly superior abilities, should be able to do the same and even better. And this line of reasoning led Suzuki to his next revelation, which was every Japanese child learns to speak Japanese. (laughs) And when Suzuki pointed this out to his friends, they laughed and assured them that they already knew this. But no, declared Suzuki, they really do. And it's amazing. Buzan goes on to say that Suzuki was correct. Like Newton before him, he discovered something that was so obvious that no one else could see it. That any baby born in any country automatically learns, usually within about two years, the predominant language of that country. This means that every normal baby's brain has the capability of learning thousands of potential languages. Now, if you think about that for a few moments, you'll you'll realize how amazing that really is. Given the proper environment, the human creature is capable of acquiring an amazing amount of information and skills in a relatively short period of time. And, you know, it is truly sad that so much of this potential is neglected. But the fact is that all of us came into the world with an enormous amount of mental and physical potential, much of which is never realized. But there's something more that our text is saying to us as well. And that is that we also have an enormous untapped spiritual potential. Now, this is a concept that many of us may not quite grasp, but it is vitally important. Notice that our scripture doesn't say that Christ came to to the world so that our, our IQ might improve. Christ didn't come to the world so that we might be able to run the 440 in record time. No, that's not what it says at all. What it says is that whoever receives Christ and believes on his name has the potential to become a child of God. Well, what does that mean? 
Well, it means that you and I have the potential to be like Jesus. Now, let that sink in for just a second, folks. You and I have the potential to be like Jesus. In other words, we have the potential within our heart, within our soul for peace. We have the potential within us for joy and for hope and for love and for forgiveness that is greater than we can possibly imagine. Now, try to grasp the significance of that truth for a moment. Folks, we no longer have to live our lives filled with inner conflict or resentment or fear or hatred or guilt or rejection. By the power of God's Holy Spirit, we can become new people. God's people. And sometimes this happens to people in a very dramatic way. Some of you may be familiar with a preacher by the name of Tony Evans. Dr. Evans came to know Jesus because of something that happened to his father many years ago. It seems that one night his father gathered the family around the kitchen table and told his children, including 10 year old Tony, that he had given his life to Christ. Now, Tony's father, you have to know, was a rough living longshoreman in Baltimore, Maryland. He made liquor in his basement, and he drank an awful lot of it. But by the grace of God, he became a different person. A few days after giving his life to Jesus, he threw all of his liquor-making equipment out. And there had been a lot of conflict in their family, a lot of strife in their family. But after his conversion experience, Tony's parents renewed their commitment to love, and the bickering between them grew quiet. Through times of Bible study and prayer, the the entire family began to grow together. Before there was conflict and suddenly there was peace, says Tony. Our family became stable and strong. As a further result of, of his father's turnaround, Tony Evans eventually found himself following Christ. To the point that he enrolled in seminary and today he is one of America's best known preachers. Now, sometimes it happens just that dramatically. Someone is converted and immediately they begin to follow Jesus. Or sometimes it happens very slowly or over a long period of time. But the point is that you and I can be so much more than we are now. And it doesn't depend upon our background and it doesn't depend upon our physical or our mental limitations. It doesn't depend upon our age. None of us is too old or too young Because this is a gift that never fades and never fails. And it is a gift. That's the third thing we need to see today. The right to become children of God is not something that we earn. It is a gift from a loving and merciful God. Notice again John's words. To all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right become children of God. Folks, it's not a matter of how often we come to church. It's not a matter of how much we read our Bible. It's not a matter of how often we pray, though all of these things are good practices for any Christian. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that we don't earn the right to become children of God. It is a gift 
that God wants to give to each of us. And so we come to church and we read our Bibles and we pray, not as a way to earn God's favor, but because we want to be the best child of God that we can be. Well-known psychologist Gordon Allport of Harvard University stresses the importance of understanding that we are in the process of becoming. He, he made massive surveys of people who had changed their lives over the years, some for the good and some for the bad. And he concluded that all of us have the ability to be more than we are. And we're glad that he discovered that. But the Gospel of John told us that over 2,000 years ago. To all who received him, who believe in his name, Christ gave the right to become children of God. My friends, God has placed within each of us an enormous amount of potential. Mental and physical, but most of all, God has placed within us the great potential to become a child of God. And that's a wonderful gift that we need to nurture. A little baby named Charles Philip Arthur George was born on November the 14th, 1948 in London, England. This little seven pound, six ounce boy was born to a couple named Philip and Elizabeth. When Charles was just three years old, his grandfather, King George VI, died and his mother became Queen Elizabeth II. What that meant for Charles was that he would never live a regular life. Charles instantly became Prince of Wales and heir to the throne, not because of anything that he did, but because of who his mother was. And when Queen Elizabeth dies, Charles will become King Charles. From his very birth, Charles possessed the title heir to the throne. And from his earliest days, it was drilled into him who he was and what he was destined to become. And so every day he awakens to the reality that he is heir to the throne of England. Well, folks, I hope that you begin this new year also with the realization that you are an heir to the throne of God. Not because of anything that you have done, but purely and simply because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. You have an enormous potential physically and mentally, but you also have an even greater spiritual potential. For you see, you have the right to become a child of God. And indeed, you are a child of God. That is a powerful gift for us to live up to. The right to live like Jesus lived. The right to have God as our heavenly parent and the right to be strengthened through God's Holy Spirit to do more for God's kingdom than we ever imagined we could do. And so here's my challenge for you today. Go forth into this new year aware of who you are and to whom you belong. And take, home, take hope in these wonderful words to all who received him, who believe on his name. He give up, gives us the right to become a child of God. Amen.
We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 486, Lord, here I am I. We'll sing all three verses of this. A wonderful song that bids us to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and to to offer God what we have so that God can take what we have and multiply it and we might be used by God. Wonderful words. Master, thou callest, I gladly obey. Only direct me and I'll find thy way. Teach me the mission appointed to me. What is my labor and where it shall be? Master, thou callest, and this I reply, ready and willing, Lord, here am I. Maybe that is your prayer today. Ready and willing, Lord, here am I. Give me the mission that you have for me. Give me the, the, the spirit that encourages me and moves me forward. Give, give me that potential that is within me to be one of your children so that I don't have to live that life of, of, uh, of pain and discomfort. That life seeking a purpose because you are my purpose. Master, thou callest, I gladly obey. Ready and willing, Lord, hear my. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, if you need to make that commitment to Jesus Christ, I hope you'll come here and do that this morning. To accept Christ and become a child of God so that you can fill your lives with that potential. Fill your lives with God. Or perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a member of. We invite you to come. You may want to transfer your membership to this church or However God is dealing in your heart, maybe you just need a a word of prayer. We invite you to come as we sing together. Would you come?
that is the prayer of our hearts, O Lord, ready and willing, here are we. Thank you, O God, for filling us with your spirit and giving us that glorious privilege of being your children. And as we go from this place, let us claim that truth for ourselves, that we may go into this world as heirs to your throne, as heirs to your kingdom, and as ambassadors for what you have to do in this world. Help us, O God, to be your servants, to take your mission that you have given to us, and to fulfill all the potential we have in our lives. For we pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.